<laughs> All right. Looks like we're recording. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 36 of Both Laugh, the Dying Scene Quarantine Chat Show. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Jay Stone, and this week we're going international again. Um, you might know this gentleman sitting next to us, sitting across the screen from me uh, as the face behind Spam Records. You might know him as the face behind Spam Fest. You've definitely seen his artwork for bands like NoFX and Lagwagon and Bomb Pops and Get Dead and like a million other bands. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please say hello to Stefan Baham coming to us from, you're in Germany, correct? Germany no, Austria, or Austria? Austria. Austria. I thought Austria. And then there was something in the email <laughs> said Germany. Uh, and I said, no, yeah. I thought he was from Austria. So this is great. This is like the fourth or fifth different country that I've done one of these episodes from. So that's oh, that's cool. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to branch out as much as much as possible, but uh, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, first things first, I guess, how are things in Austria right now in terms of opening, not opening vaccines and all that? And how, how are things today? Uh, the thing with vaccinating people is pretty slow here. Um, I think we are in lockdown since October or November, so there are no bars open, but we're going to reopen everything in two weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Also, the bars are opening again. Yeah. But uh, I'm afraid there will be no festivals this year uh, in Europe. Yeah. Oh, no, no real ones with, without restrictions or stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah, right. Yeah. That's heartbreaking again for two years in a row. Yeah, it's it's really it's really, it really sucks because I think it's the first lineup I made so far for Stamfest and it's not going to happen. So I'm currently working on the next year's edition. Oh, okay. So what would have this is sort of what I ask a lot of people because I've only really been doing this show since quarantine started as a way to sort of stay connected with people, but um, what would 2020 and I guess 2021 have looked like if we didn't have the COVID lockdowns? Like what was, what was on track for 2020 for you uh, and for Spam Records and the festival and all that? And what would have happened if, if we didn't have COVID? Um, the, the main focus uh, wasn't on the, on the label. It was on the festival. And we would have had two, two big festivals and, and this year we have a much bigger one in, in July. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I don't think so. Um, yeah, and uh, was, there were plans for doing a roadshow, art roadshow through the States oh, okay. with, some, with some bands from, from every city, like um, playing, doing an art show in San Francisco with maybe Get Dead and doing an art show in LA, Chicago, New York. Yeah, and doing a documentary about that. So that was the plan. But yeah, this all fall apart, and yeah, but but this was also a good thing because we really focused on the label, and the label got really really big since, yeah. since the pandemic. Yeah, we have tons of releases, and we have so many plans for next year, so many releases coming up. So yeah, it also had some some good things. How long did you wait before, uh, like, if you rewind the tape a year ago? How long did you wait from when the time that COVID really sort of broke open in February or March 
to mm. to shift the focus to instead of being mm. on the festivals and whatever to really being on the label how much time did you spend sort of fingers crossed hoping that things would reopen or did you jump right away and shift focus uh no that the last show we had was with bad cup bad cup in the office and oh then right two two or three days later they 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 shut down everything and it was a completely new thing for us. We never yeah. had that before. And I thought it's going to take two or three weeks, uh, something like that. And then we can can do everything again. But yeah, after two or three weeks, and it was getting worse and worse. So I really thought, oh, fuck, that's not going to happen yeah. in May. Um, yeah, then was the focus to postpone the, the, the festival to August. But, oh, yeah. okay. This also couldn't happen, and then we started to do some some uh, acoustic shows, online streams, and this was the, the starting point for focusing on the label because yeah, we had nothing else to do because I uh, didn't have the chance to do tour posters for bands. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, it was July, something around that time. Yeah, because I know a lot of people. We're sort of hoping that, you know, by summertime, hopefully things would open up last year. Like we'll get through mm. April and May and then things should be fine. And then sort of quickly we realized, oh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Although yeah, I feel yeah. like everybody from here, I know that COVID sort of hit first um, for our purposes in Europe. And then it sort mm. of came here. Uh, so I think a lot of people assumed that they'd be able to go from here to Europe after a while mm. because things would have settled down in Europe and they'd still be bad here. And then it was mm. just bad for everybody everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. The summer was pretty much normal. Yeah. We were able to hang out and we're doing some, some, some local shows in bars. It was, it was kind of fun. Did were uh, bars still open? Like you could do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah summer was, was there wow. no masks and everything. So no restrictions, wow. no real restrictions. Uh, but then in October, I think they shut down everything again. And it's yeah. been that way since then for six or six yeah, months. Yeah, there, there was a hard lockdown, so there were just supermarkets opening. Uh, but I don't know since. But since October, there are no bars open. Wow. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's that's yeah. so sad. Yeah, um, but I think we. The first festival was supposed to be in May. Then we tried to postpone it to August. And then we postponed it to end of October. With uh, every, every time with a completely different lineup. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then was, then was the plan for, for the July one for this year. Uh, yeah, but it uh, doesn't look good. I don't think people understand how much work goes into planning a festival like that and entirely new lineups yeah. too. I don't yeah. I, How long does it like, if, if the festival goes off, if you're actually able to pull one off, how much time do you spend actually planning a festival or planning a show or something like that? You know, like how much work goes into it? Yeah. I, I start pretty soon with booking. That's, I do that the whole year for, for every festival. I always try to, to book bands every now and then. Uh, but I'm going to start pretty soon doing the artwork and line everything up with, uh, with the stage and techniques and everything. So, 
yeah, half a year. And then just to have it go like that, disappear, and yeah. then have to put yeah, it exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are some days where I wish that I was more involved in the in the that lifestyle in booking shows and and then mm. I hear stories like that and I say no I'm glad I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, but I also really like it because yeah, uh, you have to. I I can yeah I can uh, book my favorite bands and always try to to get this band that never plays in Europe and yeah. do some fly-ins and yeah that. So that the, the next year's edition is going to be pretty cool and pretty huge. Um, yeah, I'm going to have 30 bands and, and a lot of one-off shows, a lot of fly-ins. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is, it, is that, I mean, is the goal to make it big because we will have been two full years without good festivals like that? So just make it as big as possible? Because obviously everybody's going to want to play. I, like yeah, we're going yeah, to get exactly. to a point where all of the bands are going to want to play all of the shows because everybody's yeah. been so cooped up. Yeah, uh, I have a much bigger venue now. And yeah, I'm just trying to make it as big as possible and also have the, the kind of cup atmosphere. Um, but yeah, and it's pretty much the same planning a festival or booking a festival for a thousand people or for 5,000 people. The work at, yeah, yeah. at the festival is it's, it's, it's different, but to plan it's pretty much the same. What was the first show you booked? Do you remember? Like when you first, uh, first started? I started, I made some 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 little shows when I was younger with, with some uh, European bands. But the first show I booked in Linz was my art show and there was KJ from Chick Diggy playing. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And the next one, it was, a, I think, a half a year later. This show, I think the Flatliners played there. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, the Flatliners and Chick Diggy were the first show I did. That's pretty great. Uh, those are pretty good first shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I know you were just talking about some of the acoustic sessions that you've done over quarantine. And I know yeah. we just, just, I found out anyway, um, that you're putting out a pulley album. Um, yeah. that's pretty, how did that come about? That's pretty great for those people that don't know. I, I don't know if it's officially been announced yet, but I feel like it has because yeah. I know about it, but, uh, <laughs> pulley recorded acoustic versions of, um, a few classic tracks and they're putting out an album. It's all new artwork and it sounds really great. I listened to it this time yesterday when they hit my email yeah. inbox. It, it sounds really good. They did a great job. How did that come about? Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Pulley. Um, yeah. And they had this recording from um, a live session for Destiny Tripleting, I think. Oh, okay. They had this couple of songs and um, the songs weren't that because we had to do a lot of uh, mastering and, and stuff like that. But yeah, I bought it. They also sound cool acoustic. So I talked to Scott and he was pretty keen to do the, the acoustic thing. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, it, it came out great and it sort of gave me a new love for some of that early Poli stuff. Poli were one of the big, yeah. the first big bands I got into in the mid nineties, like everybody else. And I became a yeah. huge fan of Scott Radinsky because I'm a big yeah. baseball fan as well. So he sort yeah, of yeah. had had both worlds. So I was always a Pulley fan. And then 
like a lot of people, I got on the other side of 40 and I don't listen to skate punk as much as I used to, which is a fault. Mm -hmm. But then hearing those new, those old songs, but sort of reworked in new ways was, was really cool. I, I'm a sucker for bands that do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have more plans for Polly. We're going to do another thing in October, I think, or end of September. Yeah. Like another, another live plan. stream thing? No, another record. Oh, really? Another new one, not a, a new one overall, but uh, with some, yeah, I don't know yet. I can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk about that in October, September or October. Yeah, yeah. We'll meet up again. <laughs> um, so you're, you grew up in Austria, right? You born and raised yeah. in Northern Austria. Yeah. yeah. What was the, because I've never known, and I'm always fascinated by how people in other parts of the world get um, American culture. Uh, what was the process like? How did punk rock get introduced to you and your scene in Austria? And was there, how big a scene was there? Um, yeah, I think all started here with, with Green Day Tukey. Yeah. Um, the basket case, uh, was running on MTV and all these television channels. And yeah, I think it hit most of us in, in our teenage years. Yeah. It was something completely new. And yeah, everybody was listening to, to Green Day and Offspring. And then my older brother always listened to, to Noah Sex, so I he introduced me to Noah Sex and then to Lagwagon. And then we were, I think, every week we, we, we drove to the record store and just looked at all the covers and, and just listened to the to the albums. And then there were all these samples from Fat Records. And yeah, we bought all of the records. And yeah, the 90s were pretty cool for that. And also at the end of the 90s or early 2000s there was american pie and everything that the soundtrack there was always oh punk rock right yeah 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 right yeah so yeah we were all skateboarding and we had a, a good scene and everybody was listening to punk rock back then it's so you literally have an older brother that used to live listen to Lagwagon. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's awesome <laughs> um yeah it's it's always fascinating to me how um different culture spreads like that and essentially yeah. it was the same way here i grew up like an hour north of boston um mm. in a town that had i mean we were a city but we certainly weren't a city that had a punk rock community there were like seven of us but we mm. somebody got into bad religion and somebody got into no effects and then green day happened and then everybody was listening to it for mm. six weeks it seems like and then yeah. everybody else went back to listening to whatever uh, grunge music or hip hop or whatever came along that boy bands. Mm. And then some of us stayed, you know, the six of us still all listen to the same music, but it's, mm. it's, it makes sense to me that it happens here. So I'm fascinated to always learn how that it's essentially the same process halfway around the world. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It makes the community seem a lot smaller and, you know, makes yeah. the world seem smaller. Yeah. So how did the artwork thing start? Yeah. I know your dad had a print shop. Um, but how did you getting into actually designing album covers and posters and like concert posters? How did that all start? Like what drew you to that part of it? Um, yeah, I worked for the advertising for a lot of advertising agencies in Germany and Austria. But after working in this business for 20 years, it, I hated it yeah. to, to work for corporate 
companies and stuff like that. And I, I was always a big punk rock fan. And I always liked the, the, the retro comics and and pop art stuff. And then there was this, uh, I think, some posting from Joey Cape that he was asking for uh, a tour poster or a shirt for his Australian tour. And I just thought, yeah, like on social media, and, or like yeah, he just yeah, oh, okay. Facebook. Yeah. Okay. And I thought, yeah, let's try it. I, I was always a big like Wagon fan. Yeah. And then I created something and uh, sent it to him. And he, I think he wrote back on the next day and said, yeah, you're the winner. And, and yeah, I was connected to him with um, since that time. And I think on the next day, I sent him some ideas for better turnout. And a couple of days later, for me first in the gimmick gimmick, and he all liked the ideas. So, they they took everything and, and used it for posters or shirts. Yeah. And then he invited me to a show, me first the gimme gimme show in Amsterdam. So I met all all the, the booking agencies there and since that day I was creating tons of artworks a day and was just shipping it out to sending it out to, to bands if they like it. Uh, yeah, I was I was trying to be pushy and 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 ask them, I want to do something and uh, yeah, this this was the starting point. But it was the first year; it was a nightmare. So I think I sent out five thousand emails, yeah. and five people replied or five bands replied. So I was I always had this vision and dream to do something for No Effects and work together with Fat Mike and stuff like that. So yeah, it took a couple of years, but no. What sort of you sort of you have a very distinct style and I like sometimes how you put your own style on the band's existing artwork like I see behind you the lag wagon there's the noose that's on the cover of hang so it's you sort of take the band's imagery but then incorporate it into your own style but how long did it take for you to really realize that you had your own style uh yeah I don't know I I I don't know. I think a couple of one or two years, but I'm I'm always trying to to not only do the pop art style. Uh, I wanna also try some new things and do some other artworks because I don't want to be in a niche that yeah. I can't only do this pop art thing. I always try to do other stuff with with some more retro and and some simpler stuff. So yeah, I'm always trying to do something new. What stuff, like when you were starting out doing design work, what sort of imagery from uh, the older days of punk rock, like the the 1990s era, for example, what sort of imagery were you drawn to and said, oh, you know, I could do that. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, I always liked the the stuff from Jimbo Phillips. Okay. Like the useful name, Lishi Kankane and... uh, yeah, I always like that stuff, yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of what inspired you to say, hey, I could try my yeah. hand at that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and all this cultic stuff, like, uh, I think this was Offspring Americana and stuff oh, like that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I vaguely, I'm trying to picture that one because it's been a while since yeah. I've pulled that one out, honestly. <laughs> yeah, and also so long and thanks for, uh, no, no, uh, it was, I heard the Suck Life from Norfolk. This, yes, this yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Yeah, and those were all different album covers. Yeah. I mean, they they didn't look yeah. like 
I mean, I guess Dookie was a little bit of sort of cartoony mm. imagery, but otherwise those album covers were uh, different to look at. Yeah, yeah. They weren't necessarily punk rock imagery. Like it wasn't Black mm. Flag, you have the broken mirror and the guy staring, mm. it, you know, yeah. it was a little bit more, uh, a little bit more popular culture related, which is cool. Um, yeah. Does it does it get surreal for you? I mean, you mentioned obviously growing up listening to Fat Records and and uh, wanting to work with Joey Cape, wanting to work with Fat Mike. Does it ever get surreal? Like, oh my God, I'm actually working with Fat Mike on this. Or at this point, has it been like, yeah, whatever? It's <laughs> um, yeah. The crazy thing is, I always was a big fanboy. Yeah. Uh, of all these bands, but since I've worked with them or was doing shows with them. It was kind of normal. Yeah. So I, I don't think I recognize sometimes what I'm doing or uh, all this artwork I'm doing it just became normal because there's all the there's all our normal human beings if you if you met them. Yeah. So, yeah, it kind of lost that magic. Well, that's sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, I I do. I mean, I've I've probably if I were to rewind the tape to when I was 14 or 15 years old uh, and making a list of all of the people that I thought it would be cool to talk to or interview or mm. take pictures. I did mm. a lot of concert photography back when we could actually go to concerts. Um, mm. I've probably checked off most of the names that would have been on that list aside from mm. like Joe Strummer, cause he died and I can't talk to him, Yeah, yeah. but it is, it never I don't know. I think it never uh, gets old to me. The fact that I could scroll through my phone and some of the names mm. that are in my phone, not that I'm ever mm. going to text most of them randomly, but it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty wild to think that, you know, just do what you want to do and mm. use this sort of uh, music or the scene as your, as your outline. And you'll, yeah. they're just normal guys. It's not like, you know, Elton John and Billy Joel and like big rock stars. Mm. They're just guys like us that happen to make pretty mm. good music. <laughs> yeah, totally. But uh, the first time I had Mike called me, I was so nervous. That was yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Because he, I think this was last year when I did the, the four, seven inch covers for their, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for the dumpster uh, release. Uh, I was just texting with him and uh, he said, yeah, if I want to do some, some artworks for him. And I said, yes, of course. And yeah, he already has an idea. And I said, yeah, tell me. And ah, I want to call you. And I was so nervous. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the one time that I had to interview him, I think it's only been once I had his number and yeah. they told me to call him at a certain time. Yeah. So I, it's like my heart was like in my throat as I went to hit the send button. <laughs> and so he, uh, it went right to voicemail. I was like, Oh, well, that's, okay. <laughs> that's depressing. <laughs> and then he called me back. He was like, Oh, I thought we were doing it at 10 o'clock Pacific time, not 10 o'clock Eastern time. I said, Oh, sorry. Mm -hmm. He's like, let me call you back in an hour or so. So he called me back. And then just to have like fat Mike ringing on your phone. Is, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> It's, it's a wild experience. Um, yeah, so, totally. So what, do you, what is uh, on the docket for Spam Records? I know you have sort of um, pivoted a lot, like we talked about before, of the 
the business for lack of a better word to to the record label but what's on the on the docket i know you there's the new chaser record that i think just came out and is yeah. phenomenal um we talked about the yeah. pulley record what else what's uh what's coming down the pike for spam records uh we're gonna do some seven inch with direct hit then Ooh. we're gonna work on a new uh album for russ rankin oh really yeah uh not official yet <laughs> now it is <laughs> right uh what else we gonna work uh yeah there's gonna be a joey cape hugo moody split coming oh, wow. out in june okay um yeah we're trying to to work together with the slackers on a new ep really yeah and yeah um get a tons of stuff coming but it's it's later in the year so i can't really talk about it but yeah, yeah that the bands are getting bigger and bigger and yeah it's it's awesome yeah. is that a a different sort of challenge than either obviously creating artwork or putting on a festival are their own challenges but now that you're running a fairly successful record label with bigger and bigger bands, is that sort of mm. its own challenge too? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I was, it, the, the bands weren't that big when I started this. Yeah. And it's like the festival, the, the festival, the first, the first festival I had, we already had good bands, but we didn't have Lagwagon or NoFX. And now we are at that point where we can have Lagwagon or, or bigger bands. Yeah, uh, and it's the same with the label. So I'm, I'm trying to get um, as many big bands as possible, and also want to focus on them some newcomer acts. So they have some kind of mixture. Yeah. So how does it work? Because I've never really known. Uh, but obviously, when some bands put out albums um, in the states, there will be one record label that puts out the album in the states, and then another record label that puts it out um in europe or in england or or wherever mm. um is is that a sort of thing that you have to cultivate on your end if you say look chaser wants to put out an album or joey cape wants to put out an like do you have to work on just the european side and then find somebody in the states to put it out or or do you just worry about the europe side or how exactly does that work yeah it's it, it's different sometimes for Chaser, they came up with the idea to work together with four labels, so this is their idea. And sometimes when we work together with some some bands from the US, they already have a label in the US, so we're just focusing on covering Europe. But um, when we're going to sign a band and we're going to pay for studio and production and everything, we want to have the worldwide rights and the control worldwide. But we're also searching for some partners in North America, and Australia to to partner on this release or just to distribute them. Oh, okay. That's the, the, the main focus for us now is to, to be the main label and um, yeah, distribute them and such for, for good partners in, okay. in the States or Canada, Australia, Europe, Australia. And it seems like our scene is sort of tight enough and small enough where that network sort of exists, I would imagine, right? Like yeah. there are some pretty rec yeah. reputable small labels, but still yeah. like somebody that wants to put out yeah. 500 copies of something in the States or in Canada or mm. vice versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Oh, I forgot to mention the Krista makes from less than Jake putting out a photo book. Was that whose yeah. idea was that? Was that his? Uh, did you go to him or did he come to you or how did that all come together? Cause I hadn't heard about it until I saw it on the spam website. Yeah. Now we're just uh, doing this in Europe. Um, in oh, okay. the States, I think their idea SmartPunk was contacting us. They, they had this idea, I think with Chris, which just which just doing this in Europe. Oh, okay. We were really involved in all this process. They yeah. But that, yeah. it's a cool idea for people that don't know. It's a, he yeah. essentially like a, book of photos that he's taken from just being on the road over the years right mm -hmm. which is yeah which is uh awesome that he did that yeah totally it's i i know that a thing that inspired me to do to get into concert photography at all is to have mm -hmm. these sort of snapshots because for example there are a lot of old less than jake shows that i went to in 96 97 98 that uh, nobody was taking pictures so they exist mm. in my brain but the clubs have closed down like there's only mm. like two members that are still in the band so like i have an image of a bunch of old shows that i went to but it's exactly that it's just an image in my brain but one of the reasons yeah. that i got into doing even rudimentary uh show photography is to have a snapshot of what it actually was like to be there mm. and to to sort yeah. of share that with everybody so i I always appreciate the fact that somebody like him had his own camera and took his own pictures of the things that went on. Yeah. Yeah. True. Is there a, did I read that there's a seven inch that goes along with that as well in Europe anyway? That's a seven inch. Yeah. And also some, another Christian Marcus seven inch, a new one. It's also going to be released in oh, really? June or July. I don't know yet. Yeah, it's also available for pre-order now. So. Is it um, new music or is it less than Jake songs that he's stripped down? Or? No, it's 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 new music from, oh, from great. him. Yeah, but it it sounds like less than Jake, so yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, I I haven't heard his uh, stuff, his solo stuff, mm. which I didn't realize. No, again, I didn't realize good. it existed until just mm. sort of gearing up to talk to you. So. Um, yeah, but it, it really sounds like less than Jake. So yeah, yeah. you can't do anything wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, he doesn't put out bad stuff anyway. So yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> what um, to go back to the the poster thing, because I think that's where obviously I know you best from and you've created some uh, like if people know spam, like they know, if they know you, they know what your imagery looks like. But mm. How much back and forth is involved when you're, if you're coming up with a tour poster for Get Dead or for Bad Cop, Bad Cop or somebody like that, how much back and forth is there involved in coming up with an image or do they just sort of trust the process and they know that at this point you're going to put out something cool? Um, most bands trust me and they just, they came up with the year and, and let's see. And uh, yeah, it's most of the time it's very easy. So I come up, came up with, one idea and, and yeah, they love it or they, they want to use it. Uh, yeah, I think 90% of that it's going to be like this. And it's always difficult uh, when you work together with management. So they always have their ideas and uh, most of their ideas are not working because it, it doesn't look good when you put everything on the poster. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but um most of the bands let me decide and yeah, if you, if you listen to, to a band like Lagwagon, you 
you know what they want or you know what they like and you can you you know all their merch and all the past posters so yeah it's most of the time i when they contact me about a poster and they have a tour name or something like that uh, uh i always have this idea in mind that i have to 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 draw and it it most of the time it works do you draw things digitally or do you draw things uh the old-fashioned way or both? Okay. No. Mm. What's your favorite poster that you've designed? Because I think I have I have a few, but what's your what's your favorite poster that you've designed? I have a I have a lot that I like, but my favorite one is the Norfolk Mountain poster. Yeah, right. Because this was the first poster I did for for Norfolk, and it has this kind of sentimental feeling. Yeah, but do when you can do a poster for your favorite band. Um, yeah, I think it's this one. Yeah, and it's it's just controversial enough to be a NoFX poster. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it couldn't necessarily you couldn't use the same imagery for probably me first in the Gimme Gimmies or Lagwagon. Yeah, but yeah. it works for NoFX. But does that like? Did that make you nervous having to submit an idea to a band like whether it's NoFX or Lagwagon or? Or whatever, but that one in particular, having this idea, it's a little bit controversial for the people that haven't seen it. It's a topless nun and there's a priest and it's it's wild and it's awesome. But does that make you nervous? Like, uh, I wonder if I can get away with this. Or or did you just kind of know that you were gonna be able to get away with it? Um I submitted some stuff earlier before I did the poster and it was not controversial enough. Oh, okay. so I came up with this, and yeah, they like it. So. That's funny, actually. That's funny, yeah. yeah. And that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, thank you for doing this. I don't want to take up too much of your evening, and I like to try to keep things a little short and sweet no uh, to make sure that people are still paying attention. Um, but I, I, when do you think you'll be able to announce? plans for next year are you just going to wait to see what happens for the festival this year and then if it doesn't happen just work on next year we're gonna wait until early june okay and or end of may and then we're gonna announce the if the stampers is not going to happen but what i think it's gonna be uh we're gonna announce the full lineup at the end of may or early june for next year oh already Okay. Mm. Who's I I mean, who has the final call if it goes off this year? Is it you or is it the authorities, like people you need to get permits from, or whose decision is it whether or not it can actually happen this year? I know there's a lot of moving parts, but yeah, it's 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 the authorities. Yeah. They yeah. if we if there will be restrictions, we're not gonna do a festival because yeah. I don't want to do a festival with uh where you you not can where you can dance and then have to wear a mask and stuff like that. So that's another festival feeling for me. And um, yeah, it also depends on the band. If they're not can come to Europe, it doesn't make sense to do a festival. Yeah, we picked a bad scene when it comes to being able to put on a show where people are socially distanced. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, like ours is going to be the last scene that comes back you can go to a you can go to acoustic rock shows you can go to yeah. americana shows you can sit down in your little bubble or whatever and that's fine you can't do that at a lag wagon show <laughs> yeah we we picked a bad scene for that um 
So hopefully 2022, you look like you're frozen. I don't know if you can hear me at all. Well, oh, there you are. <laughs> you're yeah. you're you're frozen there for a second. So I was like, oh, he, either I said something that was funny because it looked like you were laughing, but then it just stuck. I said, I didn't think <laughs> yeah, I was you, being that funny. <laughs> you you were frozen for me, so I oh, okay. the connection was something like that. One of us. Um, but yeah, we yeah. we we picked a bad scene when it comes to socially distancing. But yeah, I don't yeah, know if, yeah, course, yeah. if you saw any of the footage that came out of um, the New York Hardcore Festival yeah, not yeah, this past yeah. weekend. But it was, yeah. say what you will about that scene. It, that is not my scene. But obviously, there was going to be somebody to test the waters, and it was probably going to be the hardcore community. But it just looked mm. like yeah, it... it made me cringe and it looked like it was too early you know yeah, yeah at the very least course. again say what you will yeah. about all the parties involved but at the very least it looked looked like it was too early <laughs> yeah. yeah especially for us in europe because most of us are not even vaccinated the first well that's time. right too like received the first shot and then we all had to see a, a festival a show going on with other pictures that oh i'm going to guarantee that 90% of that crowd was not vaccinated either. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but it, yeah, I, I guess I didn't quite realize how far behind I, we happen to live in a part of the country where we're sort of leading the country in the amount of people that have been vaccinated and things like that, mm. um, because I'm still in the Boston area and like our whole area has been pretty on board with getting vaccinated, but mm. there's a large portion of the country that is against it. But I didn't realize, I guess, how far ahead of, Europe, we were in terms of yeah. distributing the vaccines. Yeah. That's totally. But but I received my first shot. Today. Oh, good. Oh, awesome. Yeah. How do you feel? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Everything's fine. Yeah. Which yeah. one did you get? Which one did they give you? Uh, the Pfizer. Oh, okay. That's what my wife yeah. got too. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It, at the very least, it feels like we're headed in the right direction, right? Like the yeah, yeah. light at the totally, end of the yeah. tunnel. Um, yeah. Thanks again for doing this. I will probably, uh, I'll post everything up probably tomorrow with links to where people can find all your artwork and mm. Chris's album and the Poli album and all that fun stuff. So uh, awesome. Thank you. It's been a treat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody check out spam, but you probably yeah. have by now. If you've made it to this part of the interview, you probably know who, <laughs> who Stefan is. <laughs> all right. I will stop recording and make